0: I believe that each energy type holds immense value, especially when we are all operating in alignment and with the same vision and goals. We have a strong vision set for our brand and we read it every week. We are all dedicated to it. We're always refining it. We're always noticing it when we, like when we accomplish something on the vision document, we're always like, oh my gosh, we've made it. We've done this and that and the other. It's one of the things I put a lot of time and effort into with my inner circle students because having a vision that lights you up really makes your goals come quicker having a team with innate or a wisdom would change the way we operate our businesses worldwide like I can see how we would honor one another's time and productivity different like, the ways of communicating with one another would be so much more easier. Welcome to Wealthy and Aligned by Human Design, the podcast dedicated to helping you use human design in your business from the ground up. You have everything you need right now to start serving the world with immense value and get paid to do it. In this podcast, I teach you how, now. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. So I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We ended up heading over to my dad's house, which we really don't ever go over to. Um, It's always entertaining. And then Garrick cooked us another full-blown Thanksgiving dinner for our weekend, which is always amazing. It's a must-have his food. Chloe came over and we baked a few pies. Really, that's what I'm good at is baking. I don't cook very accomplished, but I do know how to bake a mean apple pie and I'm pretty good at my pumpkin pies. And this year, Chloe wanted a chocolate silk pie. So I whipped out Pinterest and everyone ended up loving that one. So I'll be making that one again for Christmas for sure. And really, we're just winding down over here and settling into winter. I Plan on doing a lot of hibernating this winter and just getting prepped for the inner circle and setting everyone up for success inside my rooms before we revamp the high frequency formula and aura accelerator. That's what we're up to over here. Garrick loves to decorate for Christmas and I'm more like a Scrooge. Like I just don't see a point in decorating my home in colors I don't really like. Like I would do that normally. If I wanted to decorate in Christmas spirit, I would decorate that way. So I'm budging a little bit on that this year because he loves the Christmas spirit. So with the kids having their own place, there's like no real reason to decorate, but he loves to decorate. He doesn't have this. He has this whole Santa Claus picture that he wants to hang. So that's what we're doing. We're getting just kind of prepped to hibernate and look at Santa pictures. (laughs) But recently I got into this story of Uber. Now, this is a Netflix documentary called Super Pumped, and this is the story of Travis Kalanick, Kalanick, I'm not sure what his last, how you pronounce his last name, but he's the founder of Uber, and his leadership and company organization was questioned and ultimately brought to an end after a series of like unfortunate incidents. And I just thought it was so interesting um, but I want to warn you, this podcast will have some spoilers inside. So, if you haven't seen Super Pumped and you want to save yourself from any of the spoilers in this show in any way, it might be best to turn off the podcast and come back to it after you've watched it. Um, because what I wanted to do is I thought it would be fun to outline some universal truths that I saw in this series some universal business truths in both business, financial world. And I thought it would be at the very least entertaining to outline them here and just give you my take on the energetics that were surrounding Travis and his company. But again, if you're not into spoilers, then it's time to turn the podcast off and come back after you watch the the short series on Netflix, I think it's like six or eight episodes. It's not too long. I've been able to get into a few Netflix shows recently. So like one I just finished was Suits, which I loved. I can't believe I didn't know that this had been out for so long. So I'm going to rewatch it. I loved it that much. I loved how my nervous system could handle the (laughs) storyline. Like I don't do well when I'm worried about the ending of the show. Like my nervous system gets all funky. And then if I'm watching it later in the day, I can't sleep. So I like shows that I can basically know the endings are like Disney endings and that no matter how bad the story gets, that I know the ending will make me feel good. (laughs) I wasn't always like that. So now when I watch TV, I just have to be really mindful about what I'm watching and when I'm watching it. But this show, Super Pumped, was so intriguing to me because this guy, Travis, is a radical founder Like he's controversial, he's a loud visionary, he would not stop really until he had no choice but to stop. So I just really feel like he exemplifies the definition of what it means to be devoted to his cause. And throughout the series, you get to know him as an over-the-top, inappropriate, and only out for one thing, you know, kind of guy. He's out for profits. And what happens is... A bunch of misaligned decisions leave him in a, like a real life pit of hell or what I would call a rock bottom. And I'm always interested in how business owners make decisions because decisions are how we create wealth and owning a business requires decisions to be made from a place of integrity. Really, if there's going to be sustainable long-term growth, the decisions have to be made in alignment. But this guy got so ahead of himself and so overly competitive that he became the demise of his own company. So let's break this down. Like, I even looked up this guy's birthday to see if I could find out his human design, but all I could find is his birthday, which makes him a projector, which surprised the heck out of me because I thought he was an MG or a manifester. But again, I don't have his accurate birth time. So I just looked up his chart over the course of 12 hours. And he was a energy type of of a projector the entire time. So I fell in love with this guy's tenacity. Like I relate to that, like this passion, this drive, this ambition. I can relate to his style of vision. He had this ability to just amp everybody up who came into work in his movement. This is pure passion that this guy rides. And that passion made him a lot of money, and really moved the people that he raised money with. But there were some ways, I mean, at least from the perspective of this Netflix series, that this passion he carried turned into full-blown ego competition. And as I watched this show, I could see certain energetics play out that I felt was leading up to the end of his Uber reign, which is crazy to me, crazy that a founder would be pushed out of his own company to see it succeed. But I mean, I guess this is what happens when you grow a business, you know, you take the chance of being bought out, even if you don't want to, if you're bringing other people onto the board, like, you know, there's so many politics that go into big money founder business type things. So the first thing I noticed was about his character. So Travis was played by the actor, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I love. I love that actor. Um, And this guy would not take no for an answer. Like when I say he always finds a way, like I literally mean he always finds a way around the people in his life, around any limitation. He finds his way to ultimately get what he wants. And he describes himself as courageous, but... What I see his role here is, you know, it's purely ego driven, like going to get what he wants, no matter who it affects, no matter how, or no matter who. Now, universal law says that what you put out comes back. And from what I see, this guy really puts out a lot of ego incentive that ultimately ruins his reputation. Now, It starts with his tenacity with investors, like we see him go so hard, not take no for an answer. He ultimately gets the investors fully bought in on his mission, just smart and savvy. And the first few episodes are a really great representation of universal law with money, like a complete masculine way of asking for what you need and commanding that it happen no matter what right the universe sees confidence and courage as deserving frequency states right there is no moral or immoral line from where the universe sits that's why you'll see people with unethical ways of behaving in politics or business end up with millions and billions of dollars because the universe does not see money as a reward for being a certain way or you know if you abide by the rules you receive a certain amount of money it is it is not an ethical dilemma whether we get it or not get it right so the universe just merely sees our own confidence our magnetism as deservingness and when we're willing to unapologetically ask for what we want then we match this magnetic frequency to what it is that we want, right? It's like we have to make no apology, just like Travis, for what we want, regardless of how it makes anyone feel, right? So like, for example, if you're charging $2,000 for your offer, but you, and you have a reason, you have a vision, you have a a way this is going to work for your long-term goals, but then you get on a sales call with somebody and somebody's like, well, that, really just feels too expensive. That feels, um, uncomfortable. That feels like feels a certain way. And then you go, Oh, well, I don't want you to feel a certain way. So you change your price. Then that's you giving into how it makes somebody feel right. Versus it's $2,000 because I know the value you're getting. And it's my job to make you see the value and not give up on helping you to see that value right that's just one example now travis is cocky <laughs> and i kept trying to watch from an unbiased point of view but i saw his character and the way he he portrayed the joseph portrayed him is just cocky like he seems really nice friendly outgoing but like there's that underlying i don't know i just got this i don't know if i trust him feeling as i was watching the first few episodes he's like in this relationship And of course, she's the one that helped him get to a certain point of success before, you know, he decided he wanted to end the relationship and then he tells her to move. And she's just like, what is happening, right? Like we were in this together and he's just kind of heartless about the way he sends her off. And so to me, this was the first true sign I saw as you know, the truth behind what I perceived as, you know, like untrustworthy or kind of cocky, it became obvious to me that it was going to be a long road where this guy's success actually moved him into full-blown ego. So the rest of the story is about how this guy would go to any length to beat competition. They bring in Lyft and they talk about how Lyft was almost bought by Uber and then Travis has this like last minute epiphany and wants to take him down. And it's just like, it never ends. Like he's always, he has a bunch of board members and he's always putting up roadblocks for his lawyers and his board members. They're all trying to like corral this big visionary founder. And he ends up getting caught in a lot of media mess. And I don't really remember hearing about Uber in this way. So I was like, this was all new to me. I didn't know there was a lot of media problem or business problem with Uber. I wasn't really privy to that kind of thing back then. But I guess he gets in a lot of media mess and his board of directors ended up voting him out of his own company for really the betterment of the company. So this story just had me all in contemplation mode um, and ultimately was... I saw a man who had a rise to the top, like a rise to the top success based on a genius idea. And then he just got sidetracked with the ego, the money, you know, all the people he surrounded himself with, they turned out to be yes men. Um, people didn't feel comfortable coming to him with their problems. And he just really turned out not to be the best leader. I mean the ego is a very real thing. When we start seeing the result of our success, like when we see the passion we have for something reveal this new level for us, there is going to be a total new mind story that starts to develop. And you know, if we're not careful, we could get stuck in ego-driven decisions instead of, you know, authority-based decisions. So it's around this time when I thought, I'm looking this guy up and seeing what energy type is he? And I I could have swore he was a manifester or an MG, but he's a projector. He was either a splenic or a self-projected projector. So him being a projector would explain his attitude quite a bit to me. He has this basic presence of the world, just not listening and taking his demands seriously. Like there's this constant state of, proving himself, which, I mean, that can happen with any energy type, but the energy of proving is so palpable. It's actually one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is just going way too far. Like, does he not see what he's doing? But every one of his team members and his relationships, they really feed off of his go-getter tone, like his way of hyping everyone up. And he really does a good job of making everyone see his vision like I felt like, again, I mean, I thought he was an MG or a manifester, so I was surprised to see him as a projector, but even as the projector, like this guy is seriously success. So let me go into a little universal energy here. So as you watch the series, take note of this guy's confidence, his like total deserving take no shit attitude and Watch how successful he becomes. Like he has no shame in doing the unexpected and going for what he wants. Like (laughs) one scene, he's going back and forth with his original investor. And he says, you know, I want to go to Google and I want to get Google to invest. Like Google invested in Amazon. And the guy's like, they'll never invest in you and you'll ruin your reputation by even starting with Google. And he's like, no, I'm going to Google. And so he goes to Google and he's going to ask for like some sum of money, but he ends up asking for a quarter of a billion dollars. (laughs) And Everyone on his team was like, you did what? Like, we can't believe you did that. Now we're going to like, they just all had this doomsday attitude about. What Travis had done, but ultimately he gets the investment. Like this guy breaks all the molds and just pushes and pushes, and he just shows up deserving. And what I loved about it was he shows up willing. Like he shows up willing to say hard things, call people out in, you know, maybe a little bit of embarrassing ways, like, you know, His vision was for really paying the taxi cab driver more and really making the driver have more of his own business. And he pulls out laws and he pulls out stats and history that he's studied. Like this guy really just goes all in and gives it his all. So he doesn't care what anyone else says he just operates in the moment on what he wants and what he knows, right? So I feel like some of those in the moment decisions was were like a splenic hit. Like he would get a hit and he'd be like, no, 250, uh, a quarter of a billion dollars, 250 million is what I want, right? It's like, versus when you go in and you're like, oh, I might just want 100 million because my mentor told me, like he just goes after what he wants. Regardless of what anyone else says, but it's like, how often have you allowed yourself to stop going after what you want based on what someone else told you to do? Like, I used to be the queen of allowing myself to get, you know, taken off track based on, you know, society's expectations, my family's expectations, and even my own limiting beliefs. But this energetic, this deservingness energetic, this willingness energetic has really served me so well in knowing that what I want wants me and all my job is, is to find the opportunity that opens the door for me. And that's what I teach to my students is to really show up in confidence, knowing that you have every right to be paid, compensated for what you bring to the world. We get to feel deserving of what we want. What we don't get to do without consequence is hurt other people in the process, right? Because the way I see it is we are in a world of mirrors and other people are other versions of us. So how we treat other people is really how we're treating ourselves. And this guy just starts to go downhill as soon as he starts to get complaints from inside his operations. And he, I mean, he really did nothing as far as the series talks about to stop, you know, the sexual harassment, you know, there were, there was illegal cellular activity, like wifi activity, like computer programming stuff, outlandish parties, That was just damaging hotels and just really making a reputation of like total party, out of control operations. And really, he had this deep desire to be seen. Like his media affairs and his, you know, his ultimate, he had this YouTube scandal. It really was the common thread underneath that was based on his thirst to be seen and heard. And he says it quite a bit. Like, I need to be seen. He says that a lot. And projectors are literal success when they are seen, but not when they are seeking to be seen, right? When they are seeked. So that's that whole, you have to wait to be invited. And when you're invited, you're seen, right? And this guy ran around looking for attention and even, you know, getting mad at others for taking his perceived spotlight. And you could also tell that Travis would say things that were just uninvited and the team would just like look around at one another. And there was just such this penetrating way of him. Now, if I'm totally off and he's like not a projector, I could have, I could have sworn I could see like Manifesto or MG vibes in here, but up to the best of my knowledge, this guy, I'm pulling out all the projector traits here. There was even one point when they needed to raise more money, Travis pulled a genius, projector energetic when he said, okay, I'm not going on another road show. I'm not going out and asking, let the investors come to me. And I thought that was so brilliant. Projectors do so well when they act as the lighthouse and the beacon for their genius energy, when they're just standing in this heightened state and just in their mastery, in their genius, and putting that on display for others, really using the aura in that way, that's when the projector draws in all the people who want to see you, want to hear you, want to support you, want more of what you have. And that way of using his aura really proved to be successful in his own cultivation of his billions of dollars. Like he had the ability to attract billions in success just by being so lit up around his work. And one thing though, that there is no getting around anymore, like, especially as we head into this new elevated world frequency of enlightened consciousness, enlightened business practices is getting rich at the expense of others. Like the patriarchy way of business operations is just out. And the universe is going to make that very, very clear over the next few years. Like we cannot be operating business, receiving money at the expense of other people. That is just not who we are as an enlightened being. We're really seeing a new level of the feminine way, like stepping into our business arenas as divine entities and what human design and the gene keys calls for is a world business organization really run by each energy type held in their own power and being valued for the specific insight and gifts that they uniquely bring like a projector brings success through you know organizations of systems and knowing how to guide the vision to its ultimate success because the projector is walking success a manifester brings big leadership movement type energy to start the movement and get support through informing for the movement to be completed. Now, an MG, which I can relate to, is both a visionary and an implementer. Like I can get so in the weeds of visionary and I can also get to work. I can get to work setting up the vision throughout my day with plenty of energy to do so. And a generator is creative life force is also a builder like i see generators as the visionary but really being able to build a step-by-step business from a to z like a solid foundation with a reliable income portal now in a reflector reflector has the ability to see if the organization is working in alignment or not so she can see when the vision has been derailed And she can make reflections back to the team, like where the improvements need to be made in order to keep the vision in alignment with the ultimate goal? Like how is everyone doing in their roles? What needs to be changed? What things do we need to tweak? I believe that each energy type holds immense value, especially when we are all operating in alignment and with the same vision and goals. We have a strong vision set for our brand and we read it every week. We are all dedicated to it. We're always refining it. We're always noticing it. when, we, Like when we accomplish something on the vision document, we're always like, oh my gosh, we've made it. We've done this and that and the other. It's one of the things I put a lot of time and effort into with my inner circle students because having a vision that lights you up really makes your goals come quicker. Having a team with innate or a wisdom would... Change the way we operate our businesses worldwide. Like, I can see how we would honor one another's time and productivity different. Like, the ways of communicating with one another would be so much more easier. Like, just the communication piece alone would be cleaned up and would allow for such a streamlined flow of creative inspiration and ethics. And never mind how the team would work together so much better. Our communication would clean up and having a vision that you're all dedicated to, like every member of the team is, allows for this dream to have a backbone, right? It's like you have the 10 commandments for your brand with a solid vision and a solid why around the vision. You can keep your progress and your passion in check. I think that that could have been something that was missing for Travis I didn't ever see anywhere where he created a vision or a culture. He did create values, which ended up getting him into a little bit of trouble too. But there was no culture that was upheld in his brand. But this Travis guy, he was sold on his vision. I just don't think he got everyone on board with his vision. And his values ended up being out of alignment. And at the end of the show, again... This is a spoiler alert, so you might not want to be listening to the podcast if you're one of those who wants to make sure you see it first on Netflix. But at the end of the show, we learn that his mother dies in a boat accident. His mom and him were very close, um, and he got this news after he had tried to call her to complain once again about you know the problems he's having in the business, he's finding himself in all these legal issues. And his mom got on the phone with him and said, you're not, you know, basically you're not going to like what I have to say, but you need to start looking at this as a problem you need to solve and start taking radical responsibility for your part in, you know, the media and the employee dissatisfaction and, you know, the sexual harassment, like take a look. In fact, she said like, I'm no longer able to talk to you if you're still going to come to this phone and whine and complain. She said, I'll get back to talking to you when you come to me with more solutions instead of whining. And they got off the phone, really. And then the next scene is like, you know, he gets the the call that his mom is dead. And that scene was so divine to me. Like I saw this as he was literally being told by an angel through his mom when she died that He had no other choice but to really heed her final words, like her death alongside, like there was some final media blow up, like all of that happened. It had Travis spinning and ended up in like that rock bottom. It's like the the whole world was like the carpet was tugged out from underneath him because the universe will send us into a tailspin when we are taking too long to move into alignment. Now, I mean, his tailspin did not financially ruin him. This was more about his reputation. The guy ended up selling for billions. But for him, and I believe as for a projector, like being seen as anything but successful and a genius could quite possibly be the worst. So this time of complete rock bottom, like the kind that Travis was going through where it just seemed like Every wave was crashing and hitting him. There was no relief. He couldn't get out from under all the crap that had fallen on him. This is like the time when we feel like we have the least amount of hope. It seems like the world is caving in on us and like it's everything we have to keep going. But I mean, as the years have gone on, like my rock bottoms are fewer and further between. And when they hit, like I no longer have the same fear I used to have. They still suck, but I don't sit in fear around it and get all hopeless. I just, now I see any kind of universal test through my life as an opportunity to up-level. Like now I see that a rock bottom is the, the storm before the rainbow. Like I used to see these hard times in my life as failure, like the end, despair, and honestly, like I was doing something wrong. It's funny. We've been talking lately about the economy inside my rooms and the overall feeling from a couple of my students is that like fear that the economy is affecting our bottom line and that there are not enough people who are buying coaching services or needing our value. So I'm going to go off on a little tangent right now, but like I went deeper on this with one of my clients and I asked her like, what are you experiencing in your business that would lead you to believe that the economy is going to affect you? And what it came down to was content she was seeing online, like from popular successful people in her industry. But I immediately told her like, okay, you gotta stop following anyone who's posting anything with lower wealth consciousness, like anything about the economy that could be limiting. And she brought up a great point. She said she felt like that staying informed would keep her in the know. Then what I said was, I mean, of course, learn about the economies, like educate yourself, educate how they fluctuate, educate what that could mean as an opportunity for you. But don't for one minute consider (laughs) Facebook and Instagram posts, especially from other people. Don't consider that education unless they're like economists educating you. Consider it one person's take on their own experience and their own business. And I also pointed out, and I think it's just really valuable to say here, I said, if people are complaining about the economy right now, could it be that they have made decisions out of alignment and they're right now sitting in the consequence of those decisions, right? Like maybe the economy had nothing to do with it. And what is actually happening inside the business is a result of not following their own journey of alignment. Like, and I know that's a bold thing to say, but I've experienced this in so many ways. And the truth is, if the economy was really, truly in a bad state, that would be true for everyone. And I mean, for us over here, that isn't our experience. Like we just closed down our most successful launch ever over Thanksgiving weekend And we're in talks to start another revenue share business. Like the opportunities over here on my side of the street are far and wide for us without any issue of economic holdback. In fact, we're like using this time as like an opportunity to leap forward. But it's like in the show, Travis hears what everyone complains about as like a limit to his ability to get his vision off the ground. And his antidote is to rebuke it, to think bigger to not go along with status quo, to go longer, to ask for more, and ultimately to be available for more. Like the only time he started taking a downturn was when he began to operate out of integrity, like as a regular way of being. It wasn't just like, oh, I had there was a misstep, but no, it turned out to be him as a person was just out of integrity. And it's just, like I said, just like in the shadow of all. I'm sure if I had his real chart, I'd be like, oh, here's the shadow here and here's the shadow there. Because our true nature is really to be of service and to treat others as we would treat ourselves. So the rock bottom he finally found himself in was of his own making. Like it took some pretty dire circumstances too for him to realize that. I mean, I don't really even know if he ever really truly did. But I mean, overall, I loved the show. It was highly entertaining to see a founder from beginning to end. It gave me some overall perspective and it was just really fascinating to see all the subtle universal truths inside his journey. I guess now he's working with another startup and hosting Ghost Kitchens. I don't know. Noah looked into it for a while because Garrick loves to cook. And Noah's like, what if we started a ghost kitchen and you started cooking and we had your recipes? And Garrick was like, no, I'm not doing that. He wasn't real into that. But Travis sold Uber and cleared like $2.3 billion. So, really not a bad position after all of that. I mean, although the carnage he left, behind, like I'm sure follows him around. Like it doesn't sound like he has a great relationship with his family. It sounds like he burned people. It sounds like people kind of kicked him out of the cool kids club. Um, and from what it sounds like, that space is all about reputation. And you know, his didn't seem to regenerate itself by the end of the show. It was just cool to watch the way the board discussions were held and to see how big money like that operates. Like definitely not a space I would want to be in, but I loved the energy of the show and how fast it all seemed to move. Um, But this really just demonstrated in real time the unapologetic nature of the masculine energy of money. The way it comes, like just flows to us when we are in total commanding energy. And the way it can also destroy the misaligned, like the unwhole person and affect the people around them. Like I teach in my rooms, the balance between the masculine and feminine in our sales process. Like that is the golden gate. If you can figure that out, you will never have to worry about sales again. Like it's really important that you have a sales process that you feel confident about In both ways, like the sale is of total service to another human and the value exchanged is of, you know, greater value than the actual amount paid. Like that's how we keep ourselves in alignment with money. We over deliver our value. Like we go to all ends of the earth, knocking out our clients results, like out of the park, the best way we know, like leaving no stone unturned. And that way, the investment that anyone could ever make with us is a total no-brainer because the value that they exchange for the dollar is over and way above, like anyone could pay, right? Anyway, so that's this week's fun recap of Super Pumped. (laughs) I thought it'd be fun just to kind of walk around on Netflix and see what message do these little series that intrigue my sacral have for me? So I just thought I'd share that with you. I mean, I hope you get a chance to watch the show if you haven't already and take a peek at, you know, the universal truths that that may pop out to you. I'm not swearing this guy is a projector. Like I said, like I couldn't find his birth time, but it just seems as if throughout the all the 24 hours on the chart, I just kept looking through all the different hours. Like the energy type was the same all throughout the day. It was a projector. So let me watch it and see what you think. Watching through the lens of a projector to give you something fun to do over the holidays. Now, my next Netflix run is that David Beckham documentary. Like I have never been into David Beckham. He's just never been my thing. In fact, I didn't realize how popular he actually was. But Garrick and I watched the first couple of episodes of that, and I was like, I had no idea this person was this person. So it's really interesting for me to watch this stuff. I guess that tells you my age, as I'm definitely getting older, where I'm now watching documentaries of people I grew up knowing they were a part of the media, but never really, like, really knowing anything about them. Like, I'm watching documentaries now of people I used to follow and people I used to be into. It's so funny. Garrick and I have been loving, let's see, I'll tell you what we've been loving. We've been loving Homestead Rescue and we recently watched Big Little Farm. Oh, really good, soothing TV shows. We love to indulge in those. Our biggest dream is to own land and operate land and make it a homestead rescue, really. All right, everyone, until next week, cheers to staying wealthy through alignment. All right. Thank you for listening. If you feel like throwing some amazing karma out there, go ahead and leave a thoughtful review for this podcast and share it with one of your business besties. You can find more of me on TikTok, Instagram, and in my Facebook group. Find all the links in the show notes to never miss what's coming next over here.